Nation Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the Combination Nail Salon and Grocery Store. Groceries through Instacart, delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground, alternative activist empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent family, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
that you're going to kill You're trying to steal my car, and you're telling me that if I don't get out my car, that you're going to kidnap me and probably planning on kidnapping my kids, too. It's not going to happen. Listen, listen. If you plan on shooting somebody today, then you can get your, you can get your wish. When you put your hands on me, I promise you, you will, you will okay, have to murder me. You right. will have to murder me. So go ahead and get ready to do that. You will have to kill me. I promise you. I'll give you this camera, and I want you to make sure you record all of this. Okay? They're going to try to fight me. Do you understand? And I want you to record every part. Do you understand? They're going to try to fight me. Do you understand? And I want you to record every part. Do you understand? Don't be afraid. I'm not getting out. What do you want us to do with your children? Getting out. What do you want us to do with your children? You know Listen. we're going to send them to a social Listen. worker, right? Okay. Can you comprehend that? Listen, my daughter breastfeeds. My son is, he, oh, he, it's what, okay. That's why hospitals Listen. and social It's okay. Right. All right. Okay. Right. All right. That's fine. I have family that will take care of them, and I have family that know who I am, and I, they are, I already warned them about this day. Okay. I'm not afraid of y'all. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck y'all get, don't get. I'm not scared of y'all. We're not asking you to be scared. We just want and to I'm not complying to y'all criminal fucking ways. I'm not going to do it. Okay, we'll see. We are going to see. You see these fucking rebels back here? I live on forever, my nigga. Forever. All right. All right, shit. There were individual police officers that were witnesses to the case, yet were part of the investigative team. Interrogations that were conducted without asking the most poignant questions. Lead detectives that were completely uncooperative and started a counter-investigation to disprove the state's case by not executing search warrants pertaining to text messages among the police officers involved in the case, creating videos to disprove the state's case without our knowledge, to get away from my car. That's what I want you to do, to get the fuck away from my car. And find something fucking better else to do. Ain't no victim here, and there's no fucking crime going on. It is not a crime. That's bullshit. It's all for y'all to, to get money, and I don't participate in the shit. And y'all not gonna get a fucking dime out me. I'ma sue the shit out of y'all though. And y'all gonna pay for this shit. And y'all gonna pay my kids for the rest of their fucking life for this shit. I hope so. I hope so too. So too. Why y'all fucking burning hell? All y'all fucking pigs. Yeah, get all that. Social media accounts. Adam? Okay, Baltimore County Police said that they asked Facebook to deactivate Gaines' Facebook and Instagram accounts to, quote, preserve the integrity of the negotiations, end quote, and for the safety of the mother, her five-year-old child, and the officers involved. In one of the videos, Gaines asks her five-year-old son what the police are trying to do. He responds, quote, they're trying to mm -hmm. kill us, end quote. 
Officers were there to serve separate warrants to Gaines and her boyfriend, who police arrested while he tried to leave the apartment with another child before the standoff started. Now, after 10 minutes of trying to get them to come to the door, police said officers got a key to open the door, which was secured by a chain lock. Police say they saw the five-year-old and Gaines, who they say immediately pointed a shotgun at the officer. The standoff escalated, according to police, after hours of attempted negotiations when they say Gaines pointed the shotgun at a tactical officer and said she was going to shoot him if officers didn't leave. Police say that officer fired once, Gaines fired back a few times, and then the officer fired three more times, killing Gaines. Police say the five-year-old son who was shot in the arm during the exchange of gunfire is recovering in the hospital. They don't know if he was shot by police or Gaines' weapon, and police say none of the officers involved in this. Should an officer exhibit a blatant or reckless disregard for human life due to the fact that there are now use of force policies that emphasize the sanctity of life? No. that black men had no rights which the white man was bound to respect. No rights which the white man was bound to respect. No rights which the white man was bound to respect. No rights which the white man was bound to Listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, Janice Graham. And good evening, and thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground, the sanctuary where we honor black truth. If you are new to us, you can join us in our chat room at blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG if you'd like. Also, you should know, tonight is open mic Saturday night. But we have a theme, a police state. How do we change the body of law which enables it? I'm Janice Graham, and we're here each Saturday night, and I do have a couple of notes before we get into our show. Coming into the program tonight, uh, we were hearing the voice of a traffic stop one month ago with Corinne Gaines. This week, she was shot and killed by Randallstown, Maryland police officers and we'll get into the nature of that event uh, inside our program, using it as the core. You also heard Marilyn Mosby, the Baltimore prosecutor, uh, lead prosecutor, uh, talking about her experience as a prosecutor in attempting to come to the truth in the death of Freddie Gray, um, with uh, the use of uh, witnesses and 
investigators in the Baltimore, Maryland Police Department. We'll talk all of that here at Our Common Ground. If you want to write it down, 347-838-9852 is our number. You can also use that number to listen to this program if you're having some problems with your tablet or PC or Mac uh, in getting into our chat room or listening to the program. We have some notes before we begin our program. Um, our dear brother and our common ground voice, Ajamu Baraka, was named the vice presidential running mate of the Green Party's nominee, Jill Stein, this week. That's an exciting, exciting prospect. Um, if you want to uh, know more about Ajamu Baraka, you can check him out on our Facebook page as well as our website at OurCommonGround.com. Um, I believe he was the last time he was with us was in February or um, in February or March of this year. But our interviews with him, our discussions with him, are in our archives, and we're going to be posting that uh, on our Facebook page um, tomorrow. But you can check it out by just simply doing uh, a Google or whatever search engine that you use, Ajamu Baraka. And uh, this is a brother who has been a longtime international human rights warrior. Uh, and you should know more about him and what he brings to the Stein, the Green Party ticket. I uh, also want to thank uh, our loyal fan, Pat, for giving me a call last night as I was napping in the chair, <laughs> uh, trying to get over a tooth extraction, which I really haven't gotten over, uh, for calling me and reminding me that I had not posted about this episode of Our Common Ground. At the time, I really wasn't sure whether or not I was going to be able uh, to uh, do a, a broadcast tonight. I was in a lot of pain, and I ended up having to uh, visit my dentist again, and we got it all straightened out, Pat. We just got it really all straightened out. So thank you very much, and that's the kind of loyalty that I love. For those of you who didn't get a chance to be with Alpha on the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network last night, if you want to get deep into the political facts and events and then get real about it, you should check out the archives of the Alpha Show from last night. We really um, uh, suggest that you do that. Um, <clears throat> A programming note, uh, I will be away for the rest of the month. We will be uploading uh, some conferences, recent conferences, and recent interviews, which we think um, you might be interested in hearing in case you are just into the, the groove of your Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be providing you. I know that uh, many of you 
describe to me in email or by phone uh, things that you do to get ready for the program. So we're going to continue to provide those. Uh, coming up is the 15th birthday of my grand prince, number one, and uh, I'm going to be celebrating that. I'm going to be doing some things. I'm going to go down to the Gula Geechee country uh, for a couple of days so that uh, I get a chance to visit friends. And um, if you want to know more about that, we do have a number of interviews uh, about uh, that part of the country in our archives. And you should um, check those out as well as uh, the Gullah Geechee people have a uh, Facebook page. And that is part of a history that I want to be able to remind uh, my grandchildren. And so I'm taking them down there so that they can um, get into that part of their historical framework. I do want to remind you, you know, I, I don't often try and tell people what to think. What we try to do here at Our Common Ground is to provide uh, a varied but informed lens in which you can look through to see who we are as a people in a country that tells us what it is, but somehow our experiences contradict what that narrative is all about. Here at Our Common Ground, we attempt in every way to ensure that our narrative gets told. Not something that you read in the Washington Post, New York Times, the L.A. Times, Chicago Tribune, whatever. Didn't they close down Chicago Tribune? I'm not sure. But we're not here to uh, impart to you any particular ideology other than the path to black liberation. And if you're sitting in your little honeycomb world and you know that all black people uh, live in kind of a, a, a double consciousness because we have been cultured, educated, and led that way. And with every day, under the power and spirit of the ancestral imperative, I hope that we are working and struggling against that. And so our common ground is a way in which we provide a clearer lenses, a clearer vision, uh, diverse lenses looking in the same space. Because you and I both know, you all ready for it? We live in the kingdom of bullshit. We haven't even begun to understand what this empire is after. But they're after everything. 
they are after everything. And to be able and, and, and to have to face the challenge of the moral barometer in which black people represent for them puts a tremble in their pond. And with every ripple, there is resentment. Here we are in a country which is the wealthiest country except for Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia is not going to tell you, the 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 emperorist is not going to tell you exactly how wealthy they are. And their, their wealth has to do also with the resources that they control. In the second, so I'll just say in the sub one, the subset of one country on the globe, We represent a a form of uh, a symbol, not a symbol. We represent a protest. We are constant. We are a constant protest against what they say. We are a constant reminder of the lies that they tell. And we've come to a point in this country, uh, and I think that point really, it, 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 it's, if you think about it, it's like a blister. And the blister came to a head when the black, when they see as a black man, but we understand as an African-American man, was elected the president of their empire. When he came into office in 2008, 2009, they weren't real sure about what he was going to do. But what they were real sure about, that he was connected in ways that no other president had been connected, that somehow, despite all the odds, he and his cabal made a way. The second point is that we have people in the United States, both Democrats and Republicans. See, I don't play the party thing. I I simply don't play the party thing. I will come to the party when we have some black people who have figured out a way how to empower poor and working people that is black-led. That's when I'm coming to the party. So the Democrats and the Republicans, to me, they're twiddly D on one side and twiddly D on the other side. And it could not be more pronounced, you know, because they want they want to lay everything at the feet of uh, uh, making Donald Trump, who was their capitalist hero two years ago. Now he's the worst person on the planet. Why is that? They want to lay all of their I'm going I'm 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 right now I am going to borrow this from Alpho. Their bovine 
excrement at the feet of Donald Trump. But here is the here is the news, not necessarily good news. You know, we don't always have good news going around here. But the the news is that he is not so different from them. Has anybody forgotten about Romsfeld? Has anybody forgotten about Cheney? Has anybody forgotten about Richard Nixon and all his minions and Ronald Reagan and all he all his minions all willing to choke out poor black people? So tonight, I I, I want to talk to you about this whole notion of how all of this has kind of forced most of us to live in this two alternate universes. Uh, If you can imagine, just close your eyes for a minute and imagine that, that you're looking at two honeycombs. They are connected by a thread of, of, it's not really wax that honeycombs are made of, by the way. It's actually the excrement of the bees. Okay. So imagine for for those of you who buy pure honey and you have those honeycombs sitting inside the bottle where the honey is. I just want you to know, I, you know, I, I don't hold back. So Imagine that you live, you have one kind of life in one of the honeycombs and another kind of life in the other honeycomb. And if you can imagine that, I'd like to hear how you share what those lives are. The other thing I want to talk about tonight is in this police state, this whole, I mean, if you think about it, listen to this. If you think about it, since Friday, last Friday, Friday before last, there have been three black women killed by acts of state-sanctioned violence. Two of them were intimate partner violence. But the other was Corinne Gaines, who has, who was a victim of militarized police state that used a SWAT team to serve a warrant to a house where a child was is 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 occupied. Two children were occupying the house to serve warrants. A SWAT team. I mean, after a decade of post-9-11 wars and the ramping of a police militarization, we simply are living in a society where that we have an overabundance of highly weaponized police officers in a world where violent crime is falling. But they had to get those soldiers a job. You know, they, those soldiers had to have some kind of job. And most of them came back from Iraq and Afghanistan. And in their post-war 
mentality. People of color were already on the negative side. So they go into a country where they're shooting up civilians and doing all kinds of horrible things that war brings, and they begin to double up on how they think about brown people. They come back, they get police officer jobs. And so anyone that doesn't look like them is now an Afghan, a member of the, the I can't think of the name of the, um, Obama, not Obama, the other man. Um, and they're treating our children, our women, and the men in our streets and in our homes as though they are enemy combatants. Shoot, kill, then ask questions. And after the questions are all answered, they are all answered with lies. Good example. Uh, an example is that the, the Randallstown, Maryland police, reported that Corinne Gaines had a shotgun. She was recording what was going on on Facebook, that her son was in her lap, that they got a key from the landlord, and nothing could be further from the truth. And yet, after all of those lies are told, in regard to this event, they are still these police officers will never be held accountable for shooting this woman. We one of the reasons I think that that the the police department requested that the Facebook page be shut down is because I don't believe that this woman even though she talks harsh and we're going to get into her stance about sovereignty, I do not believe that there is more, that there are not more lies about what happened. They said that they shot her because they feared she would shoot her son, Kobe, who's five years old, but when the truth came out, she had sent the child into a closet. And when he was shot by the police, it was because he heard a shot and came out of the closet, and the second shot from the police hit him. Who tells that story? A five-year-old from his hospital bed after he's been shot in the face and in, on his shoulder. But none of us will suspect that we will ever get any real truth about what happened here, and we certainly, in our experience, will not see accountability. But then there are some of us who still question whether or not there is a conspiracy, and I, I want to talk about how we have dealt with this in our community because one of the things that I am seeing and hearing and reading 
uh, is that we are questioning with everything that we know, with everything that Marilyn Mobley has told us about what happened in the Freddie Gray case, we are still questioning the victim. I have seen, I spent some time in this afternoon in preparation for the show and looking at some YouTube crazy people, YouTube videos, listening to what people had to say about this event. And there are so many people who are going around saying, well, she should have done this and she should have done that and she should have done that. They questioned her ideology about her sovereignty in this nation when, in fact, every one of us has a reason to say all of the things that she said in that traffic, um, in that traffic uh, stop. Did you hear her having her fear and her understanding and her consciousness about what happens in this country and what police do? We spend hours and hours on our common ground and all kinds of radio talk shows in the black community talking about police misconduct, talking about police terrorists, talking about terrorism under law, but we want to talk about Corinne Gaines not knowing what she was talking about. To me, we don't know what we're talking about because in a free society, police agencies respond only to evidence of planned and actual criminal activity. They do not put on their SWAT costumes and get the biggest guns they can to serve a warrant regarding a traffic incident and kill a 23-year-old woman and shoot a 5-year-old. In a free society, police officers keep the peace. They do not investigate citizens and activities unless there is some reason to investigate. In a free society, police do not investigate citizens' attitudes toward the government, only their action. In a free society, citizen dissent is lawful. Police departments do not investigate citizens' attitudes toward the criminal justice system. That's in a free society. Those conditions no longer exist in the United States of America. You are listening to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I invite you to have this conversation with me. 347-838-9852 is our number, and we're we're not tolerating trolls and bullshit. If you're a capitalist, God, God bless, as, as Elizabeth Warren would say. But don't call up here and tell me about it because I don't buy the bullshit. So, what does a police state really look like in practice in America? It is no longer a cartoon in a science fiction book. You know, many of you know that I am just, I am a big sci-fi fan. A big sci-fi fan. I mean... 
one weekend, I started watching Battlestar Galactica like on a Friday afternoon. And I had already seen it. And um, I actually called into work and said I was sick on Monday because I wanted to finish watching all six seasons. I am a huge fan of Mr. Robot because I'm a geek, nerdy geek. I am a huge fan of Octavia Butler. But what we are saying that what we used to think about, that the police state was a hyperbolic term, that it implied some fictional fantasy world, well, it's here. It is here. Um, And we need to get with it. It seems to me that Ms. Gaines... Even if I suspect that she didn't have her ideology ordered in a way that didn't grate against reason. Do you understand what I'm saying? That didn't grate against, uh, without making her look a little bit, well, she was a little bit off. Because she is was not drinking the Kool-Aid that most of us drink. It might not be the green Kool-Aid, but she wasn't drinking the yellow Kool-Aid, the green Kool-Aid, the red Kool-Aid, or the purple Kool-Aid. She was saying straight up, I ain't part of this. I don't take your laws. I don't take your... I, I, I have nothing to do with any of the crap that you all want to sell. She was essentially saying in a much wider, with a much wider net, um, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't want the Kool-Aid. I don't trust the Kool-Aid. She had not officially, and this is, this is something that I hope all of you understand, she had not officially Uh, declared herself a sovereign citizen. And as I listened to the traffic stop and I listened to some other things that she had online, I'm not sure that she understood to the extent under which American law, U.S. law, embodies and speaks to what is a sovereign citizen? A sovereign citizen is a person who holds very complex anti-government beliefs. Edward Snowden, <coughs> excuse me, was a sovereign was a sovereign citizen, whether he understands it or not. And they don't believe in government-ordered practices, okay, like paying taxes are registering your car with the state. They all but they and they believe that by denouncing their citizenship, ripping up their social security card, refusing to pay taxes or register their vehicles, 
that they are no longer ruled by federal law. Um, the Southern Poverty Law Center noted in one one news article this week, and I found it very interesting, that the majority of sovereign citizens are African Americans in this country, but that the origins of sovereign citizenship are rooted in racism and anti-Semitic beliefs. Sovereigns, which I know two sovereigns, both of them were professors at uh, Massachusetts Institute for Technology at MIT. I had never, I had never, I had never met any one of them. I had read some of this stuff, but they destroy forms of documentation, um, and and they and they feel that in doing that they are abs- absolved from being under federal rule. Now, was Corinne Corinne Gaines a sovereign citizen? Possibly. Um, You know, you could hear some of the things that she was saying to the police officer. And she is absolutely right. Under sovereign citizen definitions, Many believe that the government is wrong in detaining them, but also has acted with impunity because U.S. citizens are ignorant of their rights. And that's one of the things that you heard her stating, that she doesn't follow their laws. And she repeatedly asked the officer for a delegation of authority order. Um, if she was, in fact, a sovereign citizen, then she would have believed that state and federal laws did not apply to her. Uh, in one of the captions that I saw um, in, her, in one of the arrest videos, uh, it, 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 it touches on constitutional law as the only true law. And in order to be granted the role as law enforcement, you must take an oath to uphold the Constitution and be granted a DOAO delegation of authority order. And that's what she was asking for. It was very interesting. It was very interesting to hear her in her kind of like homebrew way of declaring her sovereignty. I thought that was very interesting. If you have any comments about it, about the the incident of this of this killing, because one of the things that was clear to me that they were trying to demonize her, and we have had um, a number of questions that have arisen in regard to why she didn't do this, why she didn't do that. Men are saying she was a crazy bitch. I mean, come on. 
this is a woman who was struggling, I believe. You know, the first thing, I, one of the things I, I, I do want to note, the first thing that they did was talk about she had lead poisoning. Anybody notice that? Anybody notice that? Here are these police officers shooting and killing this 23-year-old woman in front of her five-year-old son. And they say she pointed a gun at them and threatened to kill them. Excuse me. We got so much video, but why didn't we get the video of that? And you all know that I'm not much uh, of a person who touts on conspiracies. But there's nothing conspiratorial about anything that we are saying about police policing in this country. Nothing. Let me check to see if anybody wants. Well, I'm just running my mouth to see if anybody's on here to talk to me. You know, this is supposed to be um, one of these days I'm going to come on this airwaves and I never get any, you know, and, and, and then there's not going to be any phone calls. And I'm just going to start playing music. I'm going to shut up and start playing music. Uh, Matthew Johnson was one of the best spirit-to-spirit political analysts, religious, not religious, but uh, all I can say is he could break down political events to biblical and Christian ideology and analyze them in a way that we would like to be one of the reasons that he's not on on TruthWorks Network anymore. No calls and no people, because black people want to be entertained. There is nothing entertaining about living in a police state. There is nothing entertaining about every week two, three, and four, five major news stories about a black person being killed by police where there should have been a way to avoid even using a gun. Well, you know, if you buy them the guns, they got to use them, I guess. You know, it's just like the SWAT team. If you buy them the little... um, knee pads and the ankle pads and whatever the hell other pads they got on there. Uh, I guess they say they'll take them away if you don't use them. But I bet, God damn it, they're not using the cameras, body cameras, because in Chicago, in that video, you could see everything but because the camera went off. The camera didn't didn't click the camera one time, and you had to click the camera two times. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. But the minute they started, and, and this is in a period, I hate to interrupt. You know, I'm interrupting my own damn self. That's pretty bad. But this is in a period where violent crime is going down. But they're just shooting, unarmed, black people down like dogs in the street because they have completely erased from their 
their, their, any mental processing that it's wrong. We're going to go to our phones. Uh, we've, we've got um, 443 on the, on the air. Thank you very much, and thank you for your call. Hi, BJ. This is Patricia. How you doing? Hey, Patricia. You just saved me from myself. Because I was interrupt. How do you interrupt yourself? <laughs> I, I just, um, I, I'm beside myself, Patricia, because I'm I'm real concerned. Because Randallstown is near where you live, right near, near Baltimore. Yeah. And and I, I'm 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 real concerned that. We see that, you know, it's like the, the faith thing, you know, you know, I don't know the biblical thing, but it's like the faith thing is not what you see, is what you believe or something. You know, mustard seed, faith, and whatever mm-hmm. that thing is about. Right. We have seen the evidence. Right. And because this woman is talking something alien and strange and complex and we don't understand it, we're calling her crazy. Right. Absolutely. You know, and that was my objection about the mother's pad, and I know you call for a reason, but I'm just got to get this out before I forget. But, but I, I, you know, the mothers at the Democratic National Committee commi- uh, Convention? Mm-hmm. We bring out these mothers. Corinne Gaines's mother said, "Oh, she's crazy." Right. How the hell? Well, that's what they said. She said, "I didn't hear her say that." Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. What a, this is a great point. But even even all the other mothers, the only mother that has stood strong, really stood strong, and said. Excuse me, Pat. I know you got to go to church in the morning. And is your son in the in the? I hope your son is not in the room, right? He's not in the room, no. right? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> are these people saying that the victim, my victim, my son, my daughter should have done this, should not have done that? You know, I, I, I Pat. You, you, you know, you're in the social work profession. Work on me because, see, when the when the Sandra Bland's mother was talking, right? You know what my response was, right? Because I talked about it here on the air. Where was the bond money? Well, because you know what, if if my daughter tonight. Called and you know she goes to all these strange places. She's always in India. She's in China. She's in Makabaka, and now she's down and going down to Mexico and some place in Mexico nobody ever heard of. But if 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 she were in 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 Jackson, Mississippi, tonight, and got arrested and called me and said, "Mom, I don't have any money." And I was poor, if I was poor as a church mouse, no credit card, no money in my wallet, because a lot of black people live like that, no debit card, no, you know, I'd be calling Susie, Sally, and Sarah 
bring your $15, bring your $20, bring your $30, and bring your car, because I don't have a car, uh, and we got to ride down to Jackson, Mississippi tonight Mm -hmm. and be in front of the bond bailman in the morning. Right, right. To get to get my child out of jail. Yeah, I, I was I wondered about that too. And but then I also felt like you said, you know, um a lot of the, the, the clients that I see, they are very poor. And yeah. but you know, they can they have people in their networks that they can, you know, get money from and maybe I don't know, maybe that's what she was trying Shit, to do. if I had to go borrow somebody's bulldozer and knock down the goddamn jail, that's where it would have gone. But anyway, Pat, you didn't call me to talk to to beat up on Sandra Bland's mother. And I'm not really beating up on her. But right. don't let the Democratic Party ride your back on your grief. Right. To win an election. But you know what? I was, I, I, I was kind of offended by it all. Well, yeah, I was too. But you know, some of us don't really quite understand. I mean, I'm not saying that they're that they're not intelligent, but some of us just don't quite know that that's what's going on. But what do I say on this show, Pat? You listen to the show every Saturday night. What do I say? Every black person got their moment of come to black Jesus. Right. Every time in every black life. Mm-hmm. So before your black Jesus moment comes, you all better start reading up on some history and understanding. Yeah. And I keep interrupting mm-hmm. Pat because she didn't call about. You know, I think about. I think about. Um, I think about. Uh, see how 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 good I am when people call me. <laughs> I think about um, Emmett Till's mother. Before right. she died, I used to think about her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know, people tell me I've had a couple of conferences, Pat. I think you were on one of them where I was talking about when I had the conference about how can I improve the the program, right? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everybody was telling me, well, why don't you get Michael Jordan, not Michael Jordan, Michael Brown's mother, or Jordan Davis's mother? I could get all them people. I talked to. To uh, Marissa Alexander, uh, fifteen minutes after she was sentenced to mm-hmm. twenty years, mm. I know how to get them people, and I wouldn't have talked to her had I not believed that she was going to walk, because right. it was a stand your ground law, and that's how George Zimmerman got out of jail. If I had ever thought that that woman was going to be sentenced to 20 years in prison, I, I, I it wasn't inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I don't do black gossip. I don't do black political gossip. What mm-hmm. somebody said and what we ought to do, and yeah, I know them, and yeah, I'm going to talk to them about that. I don't do that. So uh, I'm not going to talk to Jordan Davis's mother until there is some public policy and legislation that is going to happen as a result of his murder. Mhm. Right. I'm not going to talk to Michael Brown's mother on these airwaves, not that I don't respect these people. 
until there is some changes made legislatively about how prosecutors behave, how um, grand juries behave, and how police behave, and Darren Wilson's white ass is in jail. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and I swear I'm not drinking anything because I'm taking it. <laughs> I know that's why Al- I have to peep in the chat room because I know Alpha is saying, oh, wow, she's drunk. <laughs> okay. Patricia, thank you for your call. Dear, what would you like to talk about? I know you wanted to talk about Corinne, Corinne Gaines. Well, yeah, you know, I do because, you know, I just don't quite understand um, how we, you know, not all of us, but I mean, most of the people that I see on Facebook, with some exceptions, and people that I've talked to here in Baltimore, they think that Corinne Grant Gaines brought this on herself. But when you compare it, and although the the circumstances were different, but when you compare it to Freddie Gray, they believe that Freddie Gray was killed. And I don't, I mean, I know that some, I've seen some posts on Facebook where black feminists say that it's a black feminist issue. And I'm not too sure about that. I don't know if it's a gender issue. I'm not really sure about that. Um, Well, I think it's a discomfort issue. Right. Black people are not, I mean, for instance, if if you're trying to help me control a disease as a, as a, well, if you're trying to, whatever you're trying to do to me, I messed up that example, but if you're trying to help me and I do something which is against the advice that you have given me, people get angry. Mm -hmm. When you try to shine a light on the pitiful and pathetic way in which black people process white supremacy in this country, they get pissed. Yes, they do. And especially, especially black men, because despite everything that we are being told about our brothers and our fathers and our uncles and our nephews and our sons. They want to love us. Mm-hmm. But they live in a society, in a country that has placed every barrier that they could figure out to place to rob them of their sense of being a man. So when you got this sister who's rushing up this sovereign citizenship is very complex, and there are people who will tell you it's not part of the body of law, uh, U.S. law. It is part of the body of U.S. law because mm-hmm. there are many, for instance, given visas which provide them sovereign citizenship in the homeland. Mm-hmm. Did you all hear me? Yes. Diplomats. A diplomat from 
some foreign country who's been given a visa to be here under a sovereign uh, citizenship can rape, murder, kill, maim, do all kinds of things. And they are protected from the law. There is a separate law in, 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 in the body of international law, too. So mm-hmm. I think that that's what happened to a lot of people with Corinne Gaines. Okay, so you think that they're... They are uncomfortable, with, and maybe that, and maybe on the heels of the acquittal of all the, the officers, and um, Mosby deciding not to put the other officers on trial. Well, don't maybe, don't I mean, forget that the don't forget the police also um, reported that she used her son as a human shield, which was a lie. Right. The child, when the police made the first shot, the child was in a closet, mm-hmm. not on her lap. Mm. And here I am at my age, and I've been black and breathing black every every one of those days. I will never believe that they didn't destroy the evidence which showed exactly what happened. Right. If nothing but the audio. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The five-year-old testified in the hospital that his mother sent him into the closet right. and told him to stay. The five-year-old also testified that the police took the phone from which she was broadcasting on whatever she was broadcasting on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. We better wake up. Right. Because these people right. are not playing, and we are behaving as though there is nothing that we can do. Well, you know what, though, also, um, um, BJ, I also think that some among us, believe that these kinds of things just happen to certain kinds of people. Yeah, that's true. You got a point. <laughs> yeah, it happens you know, I to poor with, people I and people who live I, in the projects and Yeah. <laughs> and, and and she said she owned the car. She gave she gave the police officer the evidence that she was the owner of the car. Mm-hmm. The car was not registered, but she had to have she had to have proof that she owned the car. And and you know, and God bless him, I you know, whatever, however, whenever, uh the police officer that stopped her. I think he was he was a, 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 a trying to be a decent person. Yeah, but I, I do. I believe that too. Yeah, I think he was confused as hell and like, "What the hell is she talking about?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he's sitting I, there rummaging through his wallet, trying to find his ID and trying to find these documents. <laughs> but did you hear him say that he had no obligation? See, this is where we have to change the, the body of law, and that's what I'm talking about when 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 I label this episode of our common ground. We have got to change the body of law. 
every citizen should have the right to require that a police officer produce ID. I mean, when the gas people come and the electric people come and the air conditioning people come, we require ID. I mean, even the government tells people, you know, because I'm like a senior citizen, so I get senior citizen junk mail. <laughs> so, so you get these things that says, don't open the door. Have them put it through the slot. But, you know, love of my life, he love, he loves gadgets. So now we have this thing that the doorbell rings and you can see who's at the door. And, oh, God, I came home and that was a new gadget we had. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, but now I, I can answer it and tell the UPS, the USP, UPS people to put it on the patio. <laughs> that's that's the only uh, use I can see of this little new gadget that we have. But but um, I think that you are right that there are certain neighborhoods. I know you're right because I have lived in. Excuse me, the main line of Philadelphia. I have lived in a very hotsy totsy neighborhood in South Florida. I have lived in two hotsy totsy neighborhoods in Boston. I was a student in Cambridge, but I got arrested in Cambridge. The police stopped me in Cambridge, so I ain't going. Let's scrap that part. But, um, and the police behave differently. Rashid yeah, sent me a, a note that said he loved me telling me about my police. I got a lot of police stories. And even when I tore up the lobby of the police department, police station, they still held their decorum. The only thing they said to me was, Miss Pete Graham, may we have, because I had a big old Louis Vuitton bag, and I was throwing it around like crazy. And the the captain, the sergeant or whoever asked me if if he could take my bag. And I said, you can take my bag, but you cannot l- 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 look in it. Uh, do I have to go reach in my bag? I said, There's, I have no weapons. I understood exactly what he was saying. Um, and I was not about to tell them that I was an attorney. I wasn't. I was not about to say that after I'm tearing up the people's place. But at the same time, it was Brookline, Massachusetts, and police officers have a certain decorum unless you look like you don't live there. Right. Even in the projects, and Brookline, Massachusetts got federally funded housing developments, and they behave differently and have special training, cultural, historical, history, and uh, language training to work in those developments because the Brookline government town government, they don't want no problems. They right. want their money going into their beautiful parks and whatever else. They do not want their tax money going into 
citizens suing the police department, the the town. Mm-hmm. And it makes a difference. But you are absolutely right, Pat. You are absolutely right that it seems to only happen to certain people. It's because they send their goons into what they consider the ghettos, the urban decayed places. Right. Alpha knows I'm talking what I'm talking about. But let's get to this point. I have I have I have blown my brakes. Um Pat, can you hold on while I take a break? Sure. We have we have to have we have to have a semblance like this is a radio station, you know? Uh <laughs> I hate people <laughs> um my training is in a radio station and we have to have breaks, right Alpha? Yes, we do have to have breaks. We'll be right back. Okay. Say his name. Sean Bell. Say his name. Sean Bell. Say his name. Sean Bell wants to say his name. 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 Wants to say his name. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. That what we see before our eyes, the sky is green and the grass is blue. But one thing you can't deny, these people are sabotaging this economy and people are sabotaging this country. Nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. Drilling down, just damn. When injustice becomes law, Resistance becomes duty. This is Alpha, hosting the best of pushback talk radio. The Alpha Show, returning. July 11th. No matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show. Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it. It's real, raw, and right now, the I Declare Show with India Declare.
Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, back to Janice. And thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. If this is your first time, visit us at www.ourcommonground.com. Sign up for our weekly mailing. Sign up for to follow us on uh, Twitter's Janice at OCG. No, at Janice OCG. That's stupid. What? Well, anyway, there might be a lot of my new followers, our new followers on uh, Twitter, who jo- who are joining us tonight. I've got a lot of new fo- followers, so if you want to join us on Twitter, be one of the Tweetsies, <laughs> OCG Tweetsies. I got OCG interlocutors and OCG uh, witnesses from the bridge and OCG voices. Now I got OCG Tweetsies. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for being with us tonight. Our number is 347-838-9852. And we're talking about a police state. We've got to get real about what this and how we change the body of law. Uh, on the line with us as we went out to break was um, Pat, who wanted to talk about Corinne Gaines. And we thank you, Pat, for your call. Uh, before we went out on break, uh, we wanted to talk about this whole notion of why in our community, you know, I think it's part of, I mean, you just, you're the social worker person. Um, wouldn't you say that that is a symptom of uh, denial? Yes, I would say that. Yeah, yeah, I would. But you know what? Also, um, speaking to what you said earlier before the break, I think it also has to do with your experience too, because some of the things that my clients say to me, men and women. Uh-huh. In terms of their experience with the police, the reason why I know it is because, and the reason why I can even imagine it, is because of what they've told me, not based upon experience. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, so, that's how we get the, interacting with, with others uh, and, and, and a diverse pool of, of people. That's how we get to know. Right, Um right. And and that becomes part of our body of experience. That's why mm-hmm. social workers like you are so important. You talk to a lot more people and get to and and get an an insight into the way in which people have to struggle in their lives more than any of us would be. You know, like. Uh, I used to do a show, a radio show, years ago, uh, which was anonymous. Mm-hmm. And people could just call in. They didn't have to say their name or anything. If they wanted to tell us anything anonymously, you would you would be surprised the kind of stuff uh, that I have heard over the air. Mm-hmm. But... One of the things that I think that we have to be real clear about is that we cannot participate. We cannot enable. We cannot 
become part of the foundation of this system of white supremacy. And by that I mean, if you don't understand what the sister was saying, get a book. Ask somebody. Rather than, I mean, and there, and and it seemed to be more coming from men. And the thing is, all most of the criticism was coming by way of what was being reported. Mm-hmm. We sit on the airwaves talking about and criticizing media and talking about how biased they are and how they distort and demonize black people and the black experience. Yet, this happens to this this young woman, and all of our criticism, all of our analysis, all of the information that we use about it comes from the same people that we say are biased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this misogyny that goes on in our community the misogyny, I know that one of the greatest crimes against humanity is the way in which the system of white supremacy globally has crushed black men, but the response can't be to crush black women. Mm-hmm. I, I see you, 646, and I'm coming to you, but I want to ask Pat one more question before um I move on. Pat, one of the things that I have uh, pondered uh, often in the last five days, because, see, when when I decided that I was going to dedicate my life to be a race woman, Mm -hmm. I sure as hell didn't envision 2017 being the way it is. I envisioned it for black people in a whole different way. We are essentially, 100 years later, having to, it's as though we're just starting out. Mm -hmm. We're facing the same issues, the same stuff, as though none of the other stuff happened. You know, and you all can tell me, but uh, we got 14 um, cancer doctors and we have 15 inventors and we have 25 whatevers and 60 elected officials but that has a, does not mean anything in the face of open season by police against our children don't mm-hmm. mean a thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to be saying it's open season by police it, it, I hope whether you all have husbands and wives out there, mothers or sisters or whoever that are police officers, until they give it up, they're all the same. Mm. Now, Pat, I know Mm -hmm. people have to work. Right. But we, I mean, how many times have, have, I mean, this is something that, that, um, I, I, in the midnight hour, I'm on the phone talking about, we've got to have a reckoning before we can fix anything. Mm. We've got to have a reckoning about how people in our community, our people, are buying the junk 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, let me ask you this, though, BJ. When you say our community, something about probably about, about four years ago, I went to a book uh, signing in D.C., and the author of the book said something that was really surprising to me because I thought we had a black community. But he told me, he said, there is no black community anymore, not in terms of the sense that you think about it um, like the 1960s and prior, you know, that that doesn't exist anymore. You mean the geographical and physical uh, community. Most people don't have, I mean, with the exception of the Jewish community, most ethnicities, most races don't have communities anymore because of the patterns in which uh, uh, housing development has happened. And that's true mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, be- because of gentr- gentrification, most black people, working black people, um, have had to abandon being part of that inner city because they couldn't afford it anymore. The only people that were left behind, black people that were left behind, were mostly people who live in public housing and people who, prior to 1980s, who owned land and real estate and homes. So to that extent, I think that they're right. But well, let well, me, but you know, you hear me talking day? about this ancestral imperative. Right, right. But in terms of, well, yeah, community is, you know, sharing a, you know, living in the same place or having particular characteristics. But how about, um, you know, like uh, uh, the feeling? We have common bounds. We have a historic, every black person in this country who are descendants of the American slave system has a thread, and it is golden, folks, a golden thread which runs from one to the next. We have common interests, whether or not we want to embrace them. We have common enemies, and we have common problems. You cannot, you cannot run away. I mean, I, I, I give you an example. I'll, I'll speak it myself because I will, I will definitely say their name before they're dead. My grandson was turning fifteen this month. Can't believe it. Um, he lives in a pretty posh community in a pretty posh house with a pretty posh and savvy parents and uh, has, I mean, how many 15-year-olds? I mean, he's been in six countries. He's gone to the best schools, blah, 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 blah. But when he walks into the community center where all the black kids play basketball, Mm -hmm. that is his common ground. Why do you think this show is named Our Common Ground? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got common ground with a lot of different people. You got common ground with your 
you know, the people you work with and people you go to church with and the people, you know, uh, of the, the, your Latin friends, your Hispanic friends, your whatever friends. But this is our common ground. It is that thread. Somebody say, teach, Janice, teach. <laughs> yeah, Come on, you know Alpha, jump Alpha. up at your seat. I don't see Alpha <laughs> jumping up at your seat. Come on, India, <laughs> teach it. Well, that is true. a thread but, but that Janice, has not Janice, been be... broken for 400 years. I understand that, Janice. But don't you think that a community also is, you know, being in fellowship with with others and, you know, sharing some of the same attitudes and, you know, their, their, their interests and things like that? That's and where not, organizing not, comes not in. Least, hmm? That's where organizing comes in. Mm-hmm. I went to a church that's fat. You all know I don't go to church, but I mean, I, I go to church, but I go to church. I don't have to leave home to go to church. But anyway, I went to a church a couple of weeks ago, and it was because I have a very good friend who anytime I'm organizing anything or anything, anytime I need to talk through some activism or issues that's going on in the city, he is available. He has always made himself available to me. When I was a student at MIT, he was at Harvard, and he has his AME church here. Mm-hmm. And he called me to let me know that Reverend Barber, was going to be here speaking at his church. This was before the Democratic National Committee convention. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't go. It's just like I'm the kind of person, even if I went to church every Sunday, I wouldn't go on Easter. <laughs> just, you know, so... I didn't go, but love of my life, he, he's such a, such a social butterfly, and I love you, dear. Uh, he went. The mm-hmm. place was packed, so packed that they had to set up chairs in the basement, chairs uh, in, the, in, in, in the yard, the outside, so people could hear. Mm. And his church is not a very large church. So, you know, we know how to fellowship. We do know how to fellowship. Whether we felt, we who have been, what's, what's that thing, the thing say, it always, to those who have much been given, much is required. <laughs> what? what Say it right, because you know I got it all ass backwards. But to those who are, to those who are whatever, my my mother used to say that to me all the time. I would say, why I got to do it? And she would say, to those, the much is required, whatever that thing was. See, and the thing is that I know that all of those people, all of my neighbors over on Fort Hill, we had a, like a little professional enclave and lost it to developers and gentrification and all the things. I ever tell you all the first first house that I ever bought, 
I paid ten thousand dollars for it, <laughs> and we had plastic sheeting as walls. <laughs> but you know, ten thousand dollars was a lot of money then, but we had no money. So we saw this opportunity, and there were like loads of black black activists and professionals who knew each other, and we all went and bought these brownstones over in Roxbury, in the Roxbury section of Boston. But anyway, but you don't, people who are in tune with themselves, this is why the reckoning is so important. We have the obligation to teach people about the dangerous consequences of neoliberalism as being sold by the Democratic Party and the Republican Party and the capitalists. Mm-hmm. If we have if we have people of our church and you start talking about neoliberalism and they don't understand it, that's when you go to your minister and say, look, we need to have a forum uh, to help people understand economics and po- political science. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. then we wouldn't have to face all these consequences. I cannot do 33 year, years more of our common ground because over those 33 years, well, I would say in the first 10 years, all the education happened then. It happened with me. It happened with Bob Law. It happened with um, um, others. Bev Smith. You know, I'm getting ready to do my book, and it's going to be published in February during Black History Month, and it is going to be a 45-page book of the most prominent, conscious, like um, um, Amos Wilson and um, Dr. Akbar, mm-hmm. Dr. Clark. It's simply going to be their their bibliography of people who have appeared on this broadcast, mm-hmm. people who I have talked about. Mm-hmm. It would only be a small blurb of what we talked about or what they said. But it's going to be 45 pages. Color, okay. hardbound, a collection for your coffee table. All right. So the reason that I'm doing that, and and for each one of the people that will appear in the book, there will be a listing of all of their books, a listing of where they can be found on YouTube, a listing of their websites or where scholars talk about what they talked about. Dr. Ronald Walters is going to be Mm -hmm. one of those people. So uh, that is what we have to do. We have to keep on teaching. We have to keep on educating. We have to keep on informing. And... I'm going back to my honeycombs. If you're sitting in your honeycomb on the right, the right one, and that's the one where you're comfortable, you need to figure out how to get to the left one. Because we live in two 
alternate universes. I got to go, Pat, but thank you for your call last night, and I'm glad I'm here to talk about this Corrine uh, uh, Gaines and how it fits in to what a police state really looks like. A police state doesn't look like something that we it, – it doesn't look like Star Wars. I'll give you an example. Um, let me ask you a question. One of the reasons uh, – there are reasons that uh, liberties are just simply dissolved to justify expanding the the expansion of constitutional liberties that capitalists use the most insane and and and, and elected officials the most insane brand of logic I'll give you an example why did the intelligence agencies fail to detect or prevent 911 think about it Well, I've read that it was because they wanted to uh, go into Iraq and then also um, curtail some of the rights in America as a result of, well, under the guise of um, trying to fight terrorism abroad and at home. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it, it's real simple. The CIA felt like they didn't have enough money in their budget. And oh. as a result of 9-11, we gave them more. Pat, I got to go. I got another caller holding on the line, and I think I know who this is, and we've only got a short time. But thank you so very much. I appreciate your loyalty. Oh, and here's the deal for all of you. I have six copies of Matthew Desmond's Evicted. If you have not read this book, you want to read this book. It is about how the American system keeps people Poor people, poor. It's The title is Evicted. I have six copies. I talked with Matthew Desmond, and he couldn't find a way to be on the show before the election, before the election season kicked off. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll send you six, I'll have my publisher send you six copies of the books, and you can give them, you can give them, you can use them as giveaways. So this is what I want you to do. I will mm-hmm. give away, I will give everyone a copy of the six, one of these six books that I have to people who send me, don't give out your peop- your, your friends' email unless you talk with them, people who I can invite to this broadcast who would be interested in having serious discussion. And even when I'm laughing and joking, I'm serious. I'm dead up serious. Michael Brown's body, as far as I'm concerned, is still smoldering on 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 the black top. Tamir Rice is looking for his gun, his toy gun, to go to the park 
across the street from his home. Uh, so if you send me um, the the six people who have the most email addresses, uh, ideas about how we can get more people here, as you can see, I'm at my best when I'm dealing with callers, except I'm not so sure this next caller I'm going to be able to, you know, move around. So that's how we're giving away Matthew Desmond's Evicted. It's the hard copy, um, and I'd love to be able to give them out. Um, and I want you all to know Yvette Carnell told me I should be giving them. Oh, and then that's the other thing. I'm also going to be giving out um, ten subscriptions uh, to BreakingBrown.com. Six four six, you're on the air. Good evening, sir. How are you? Hey, hey, BJ. Listen, every chance you get to go to that pork chop chicken institution to get the word from the sky daddy, you better get up and go. You better stop. What the hell are you talking about? With the sky daddy. <laughs> I'm talking sky about daddy you talking not about. going to church. I'm talking about you not going to church to see William Barber. I must oh. say he's he's a pretty he's a pretty good pork chop chicken eating preacher as let far me, as I'm concerned. Let me let me just let's talk about this, Jay, just for a minute. I have far, followed his Moral, Major, uh, Moral Monday, uh, and you all know that I was doing reporting almost every week about what happened at Moral Monday. This man is doing the right thing. But I know people like you go into the detail. Did you hear him when he said, which is why I played the whole thing, I spent an hour last week editing his speech, taking out all the clapping and the hollering and the hooting so that you could hear that speech clearly. He said, whatever it might be. That's what he said. At the Democratic National Committee. I I think this man is as prophetic as Martin Luther King. No, he's a very eloquent speaker. I mean, he believes I he believes prophetic. in the system. Hey, I hey listen, prophetic. he's eloquent. Yeah, but he's but I don't think he's pathetic. I I, I mean, I, I don't I don't take people like him as being pathetic because I don't totally believe in his integration message. So that's why I won't go that far. But I must say oh, I, I respect see. him. Oh, okay. Because you're a separatist. What he does. Are you a separatist? Uh, Are you a separatist? I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a separatist on the on on a certain level. Yes. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't I don't see our liberation coming hand in hand with white folks because history mm-hmm. has proven that whenever we are hand in hand with white folks, they always come ahead at the end. So at some point in time, we have to stop playing that game and become responsible for our survival. I'm, I'm, that's just how I honestly see it. I mean, what he's doing with Moral Mondays, I think is commendable. Mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really have a great deal of, of respect for him. I, I think that he has a great passion. I think that what he has done is made others around him 
become morally responsible. I think he mm-hmm. needs to be around someone like Hillary Clinton every damn day of her life because she's the devil. And maybe <laughs> and maybe he could help her. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, I, I don't know if he can help her. He's worse than Donald but, Trump. Huh? Okay, let me. Let, can you pause there for a minute and let me um, oh. respond to 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 that thought? I don't think he can help her, and I don't think he thinks he can help her. What I think he he has done, which we have not gotten from the rest. What do you call them? The pork chop eating. Um, I know uh, Pascal calls them pork chop. Biscuit eating. Oh, oh, no, no, I call, no. I don't call people names. <laughs> it's pork chop chicken eating pimp preachers. That's what they are. Okay. But here is what I think that he did does much more than anyone has done in the last year and a half for black people to understand that it is our responsibility, that it is in our hands to begin to do what we need to do. I, I agree with you, but what he tries to do is, and this is where his mistake is, he tries to make this this beast become more of a civilized animal than he already is, and that's his whole I don't morality. Think, I, I no, I, I think, think he, he really was, I think he was wagging his finger. But part of what the role that we have played throughout history and I don't know I don't know when you come in and when you come out. You all need to start getting cuz I feature content at the beginning of this show to help me frame this com- this conversation. So y'all need to start coming on time. But anyway, and at the end of the show tonight, if you call into three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, I will play our introduction again and then play some music because I have to depress, compress, decompress from all the stuff. But Jay, let me ask you a question. One of the sure. things I wanted to talk about tonight is how we begin until we until we eliminate, remove, and cleanse the laws which enable police, terrorism, and murder. How do we be, in your, in your imagination, how do we begin to do that? Well, that, that, you know something, that is a very, very serious question. Based on what has has been going on over these last couple of years, I don't know honestly how you you do it because you're dealing with such a corrupt... I I don't honestly know if I'm going to have a job on Monday morning. Most of you all realize that this is not my job. I have a real job that pays me real money. This is... My how I pay my rent to to occupy my space on this planet, but here is the deal. I saw a video um, yesterday or a day before yesterday. Uh, a black woman 
who was pulled out of her car because she was and tased because she was asking the police officer who had stopped her questions about the stop. And then she pulled out her phone, dialed 911, and asked for another police dis- uh, officer dispatch to the scene because the police officer was talking crazy. Now, I saw he that pulled tape. Her out now, of hold the on car. one second. BJ, BJ, hold on one second. I saw that tape, but now what you were saying. That same tape didn't show all that. So I just want to let you know before you continue. I saw it from the point that she was out of her car, she called on the officer, and then there was a couple of frames that she was out of the lens of he the camera. But I didn't see out him of the pull car. her out. Once she I was out of the car, he pulled, he threw her against the open door of the car. And when she was trying to get away from him, from hurting her, he tased her. This is the kind of thing. And you see, the thing we have been trying to tell you, even over the last four years, uh, the uh, Malcolm X Grassroots Movement report on extrajudicial killing and misconduct, All of this is done. One of the reasons these cops are getting away with this is because it is done under law. The law that you pay your taxes for protects them. Yeah, but it's getting worse, though. You know know, in New York City... And what I am saying that we have... I mean, you can't, you know, just like they say, you can't go to a gunfight with a knife. We have got to organize around the things that will reap consequences. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a good example. When the lesbian, gay, transgender, LGB, bisexual movement decided that it wanted this government to feel the consequences and they were not going away, what happened? They got their law. They got their extra marriage and extra whatever. They got everything that they asked for. They got DOMA. They got uh, same-sex marriage. They got special protection of transgendered people. And I'm not saying it all worked. But it certainly worked as well as when we got the Civil Rights Act. Yeah, but do you know? But they but do got you it. honestly know why it happened? Do you know the reason for and why it happened? That's See, what I'm telling it, you. It happened. It happened because what? It affected the majority of white people. That was the white man movement. And that and that's what I'm saying. You can't go to a a gunfight with a knife. Right. One of the things when I saw that video uh, yesterday, it's the first time I don't generally cuss. I cuss on this broadcast. I know I cuss. I don't mean to, but you know. Um, 
I just it's liberating. I just have to. I just yeah, it is liberating. Um, but um, and 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 a lot of men will write me email and say, you know, women shouldn't curse, but they'll listen yeah. to other people curse. But anyway, what the hell? But um, I think it's refreshing. I think it's refreshing too. Um, just like my new ice maker, Alpha. <laughs> I just got a new <laughs> ice maker. Don't. I love ice. My ice maker makes ice just like in the restaurants and and the ice you get in in the bars. But anyway, make sure um, you keep it clean, though. Oh yes. Um, So one of the things that I did say in my post on Facebook was, "This is bullshit. This is just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit." And what we need to do is step back and hurt them where it hurts. And where it hurts is we need to stop spending our money and we need to stop paying anything other than minimum taxes. No, Negroes are not going to do that. What what, what, what But, see, this is where we have to have the reckoning. Just like you just talked about that essentially you are a separatist. Most black people really are separatists. You know, you, you have a cocktail party and you wait till all the white people leave, and then you wake out to James Brown, and the, and it's and it's on. Yeah, but it's but they not won't by choice. That. They won't say that. So, I think that we need to have people like Sandy Dar, Dr. Sandy Darity and Dr. Derek Hamilton on this program next week talking about the consequences, the economic consequences, if, in fact, you, me, and everybody listening to us and all the black Imagine for a moment if all the black people decided to march into the personnel office or the HR office and say, look, I want to claim, I've been saying this for years, 12 dependents. You can claim 12 dependents on your W-4 without having to prove anything. Right. But I want to quantify this. Pay yourself the taxes and keep it in a separate account. So if anything happens, if the IRS catches up with you, you got the money. But anyway. Hey, listen, could I give you, I'll tell you, I'll put it to you like this. I, I shouldn't say it, but I will say it. I got caught well, up in that. Don't get me. Don't, don't no, no, have no, 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 no. At my, no, at no, my no, no, no. I got caught up. I got caught up in that many years ago. The only thing that saved me was that I had certain investments that I was able to cash in and um, pay off my tax bill. Matter of fact, I got a good friend of mine right now because of that. He's unable to retire from his job that he has forty years on that he has to stay for maybe, if he lives, another five or six just to pay off that tax thing. That that right there is a very, very, very serious thing because, you, like you said, you have to put that money aside, and most people don't. That's right. They go out there and they spend it, and then the IRS spank you between the interest and the, and, and the penalties. And, um, you know, the only difference now is, and, and I think you may know this. No, no, no. I'm a lot of people are I'm able to get deals. No, no, no. A lot of people are able to get deals now 
because the IRS is looking for their money. So they'll settle with but, you but, now. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not suggesting that people don't pay their taxes. I'm suggesting no, that not. at the end of the – that when you file, that when you file, that's, you that's when you pay it. But, yeah, but the Negro, the Negro them, doesn't behave like that. The Negro never – the Negro doesn't have the intelligence. No, no, no. Your people don't have the intelligence to do it. If they had the discipline and the intelligence, there's a lot of things that we could do to change the way that we're treated in this country. Well, but we then, just don't have he, we just don't have it. It's just like I'll leave you with this. You talk about Barbara, yeah, right? Now think about this, BJ. You talk about Barbara. Do you think if you were to write him and propose something that would benefit black folks and hurt white folks, you think he would do it? No way in hell. I don't know him personally, so I don't know. You don't have to know him. I'm, you just, don't, you I'm, don't have I'm to dealing know only with his public the idea. persona. I'm, I'm talking about public no, persona. No, I got to go, Jay. We can talk about this some more. All if, right, you all start right. $10, if you all start paying $10 a month, I could stay on this on this airwave hey, for hey, some hey, more time. I just made a beautiful donation to Morgan, to Morgan State um, Fund in regards to helping these these kids get books for school. Go to Stacy Patton, Dr. Stacy Patton page, and make you a donation, BJ. But I, that's only for Morgan book. State. Go to the school of your choice. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. She, she put up the crossroads. Love you. Okay, love you back. And I want to thank all of you for being with us. You can jump on 347-838-9852 for decompression time. Uh, while I'm in the studio doing some cleanup work uh, and trying to go back, fix my brain to go back to my family. Don't forget our email address is ocginfo at Our Common Ground or Janice at Our Common Ground if you can uh, recommend some people that we we can contact who might enjoy this broadcast. Also, uh, if we are to apply for a grant or funding, uh, we would like to be able to be in place to be able to do that. So, you know, like let's try to get up the followers and the, um, Facebook and the, the likes and Facebook and the followers on Twitter because if I write a grant, I've got to be able to say, hey, we got 5000 50000 How did Wilma Leon get 117,000 followers on Facebook? It's because he's on Sirius Radio. That's why. And he's my friend, and I love him dearly. Um, and somebody told me that Joe Madison has, and Joe and I started radio. Uh, Joe had been doing radio for about, maybe six months before I started doing radio. And somebody told me he has two million listeners. Wouldn't you like that, India? Oh, we would we would be work. I mean, I would go back for that. I would go back to five days a week and retire much earlier. By the way, the retirement thing, um, I'm getting cold feet about about all of that. Thank you all for being with us. Uh, Do go to our Facebook page, the event page for this episode, to read more about Corinne Gaines and to read more about what is a 
police state. Don't forget, um, I don't want to forget, um, send a congratulatory note to uh, our Common Ground voice, Ajamu Baraka, and wish him well on the Green Party ticket. And we celebrated the birthday of James Baldwin um, this past week. And, you know, he is just one of my heroes, both literary as well as activist heroes. And we just have benefited so much from his life and from his work. Thank you for being with us. And we are... um, hoping that you will have a good week. See, I like to be able to, like last week I had to jump out of here so fast it wasn't even funny. Uh, Like somebody had put a light on the me to be able to, for you to be able to hear uh, the um, William Barber uh, comments at um, the Democratic National Committee. But keep this in mind. If, in fact, we are living, and we are, in a police state, and the police take over of our government and our society, and the consequences that we face in our own community with black bodies, the demonization of the people who are trying very hard, like Black Lives Matter, to make a difference, enabled, enabled by the laws of our country. That's you and my money. Good night. Thank you so much for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. I'm so glad that you could join us. Join us every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. Don't forget, catch us on Facebook and Twitter at Janice OCG. I'm Janice Graham, and every Saturday night, I'll be listening for you.
You're trying to steal my car and you're telling me that if I don't get out my car that you're going to kidnap me and probably planning on kidnapping my kids too. It's not going to happen. Listen, listen, if you plan on shooting somebody today, then you can get your, you can get your wish. When you put your hands on me, I promise you, you will, you will have to murder me. You will have to murder me. So go ahead and get ready to do that. You will have to kill me. I promise you give you this camera and I want you to make sure you record all of this okay they're gonna try to fight me do you understand and I want you to record every part do you understand they're gonna try to fight me do you understand and I want you to record every part do you understand don't be afraid I'm not getting out. What do you want us to do with your children? Getting out. What do you want us to do with your children? You Listen. know we're going to send them to a social Listen. worker, right? Okay. Can you comprehend that? Listen, my daughter breastfeeds. My son is, he, oh, he it's what, okay. That's why Listen, it's okay. Right. All right. Okay. Right. All right. That's fine. I have family that will take care of them. And I have family that know who I am. And I, they are, I already warned them about this day. Okay. I'm not afraid of y'all. I don't know what the fuck y'all get. Don't get. I'm not scared of y'all. We're not asking you to be scared. We just. Want and to I'm not complying to y'all you. criminal fucking ways. I'm not gonna do it. Okay, we'll see. We are gonna see. You see these fucking rebels back here live on forever, my nigga. Forever. All right. All right, shit. There were individual police officers that were witnesses to the case, yet were part of the investigative team. Interrogations that were conducted without asking the most poignant questions. Lead detectives that were completely uncooperative and started a counter-investigation to disprove the state's case by not executing search warrants pertaining to text messages among the police officers involved in the case, creating videos to disprove the state's case without our knowledge, to get away from my car. That's what I want you to do, to get the fuck away from my car. And find something fucking better else to do. Ain't no victim here, and there's no fucking crime going on. 
It is not a crime. That's bullshit. It's all for y'all to all for y'all to get money, and I don't participate in the shit. And y'all not gonna get a fucking dime out me. I'ma sue the shit out of y'all though, and y'all gonna pay for this shit, and y'all gonna pay my kids for the rest of their fucking life for this shit. I hope so too. So too. Why y'all fucking burning hell? All y'all fucking pigs. Yeah, get all that. Social media accounts. Adam? Okay, Baltimore County Police said that they asked Facebook to deactivate Gaines' Facebook and Instagram accounts to, quote, preserve the integrity of the negotiations, end quote, and for the safety of the mother, her five-year-old child, and the officers involved. In one of the videos, Gaines asks her five-year-old son what the police are trying to do. He responds, quote, they're trying to kill us, end quote. Officers were there to serve separate warrants to Gaines and her boyfriend, who police arrested while he tried to leave the apartment with another child before the standoff started. Now, after 10 minutes of trying to get them to come to the door, police said officers got a key to open the door, which was secured by a chain lock. Police say they saw the five-year-old and Gaines, who they say immediately pointed a shotgun at the officer. The standoff escalated, according to police, after hours of attempted negotiations. When they say Gaines pointed the shotgun at a tactical officer and said she was going to shoot him if officers didn't leave. Police say that officer fired once, Gaines fired back a few times, and then the officer fired three more times, killing Gaines. Police say the five-year-old son who was shot in the arm during the exchange of gunfire is recovering in the hospital. They don't know if he was shot by police or Gaines's weapon, and police say none of the officers involved in this. Should an officer exhibit a blatant or reckless disregard for human life? due to the fact that there are now use of force policies that emphasize the sanctity of life. No. Do the y'all say his name? Say his name!
loved music, he loved playing his instrument, and you know the times that we did jam together.
You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.